Hey, everyone. Welcome to Long Story Short, the podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And we're so glad you're here with us. We are all about real life solutions for real women. And today we're going to be talking about parenting in a pandemic and whether or not we like the moms that we've become. But first, we have two big announcements. Mm hmm. Up first, we have created a Patreon. If you haven't heard that word before, Patreon is basically a place where people can subscribe to bonus content from creators. So what that means from us is we have three tiers starting at just $3 a month, where we'll be offering a variety of bonus content that is exclusive to our Patreon subscribers, things like video versions of one of our monthly episodes, a bonus episode that you can't get anywhere else. And in our highest tier, we're throwing it back to the origins of Long Story Short and creating exclusive video. Yeah, but don't worry, we are still going to be pumping out our regular episodes every Tuesday. You'll find a new one here. And plus our bonus Girls Gone Hallmark podcast on Thursdays. But lots of new and exciting stuff coming to Patreon. I'm super excited about it. Are you? I am so excited. Yes. Okay. We have another exciting announcement. We do. Are you Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she doesn't know. <laughs> Everybody, we have merch. Woo! Which I feel kind of ridiculous saying because, I mean, merch for a couple of podcasters, but we're not alone. Um, we created a super cute sticker based on um, one of our sections of the podcast called Megan and Wendy Approved. The sticker just says approved. It's so cute. Um, You can order one directly on our website, or if you subscribe to our highest tier of the Patreon, you'll automatically have one mailed to you. So we will leave links in our show notes for how to sign up for Patreon and where to grab yourself a sticker. We would love it if you did either or both of those things. And of course, don't forget that you can join our Facebook group, which is Long Story Shorties, or, and you can follow us on Instagram, where we are Megan and Wendy LSS. Of course, that stands for Long Story Short. Yeah. And of course, we want your emails, too. You can always reach us at meganandwendy at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody who has sent us an email over the last couple of weeks. It's the best thing in our email every day, let me tell you. Yes, It's super exciting. Okay, I have a few things that I'd like to talk about. The first being, do you know your Enneagram number? Okay, so I have taken a couple of online, you know, quizzes or whatever. Yes. Um, I did it again last night in preparation for this, and I am a nine. Okay. Do you know what a nine is? (laughs) No. Uh, Well... I have taken, like you, a couple of quizzes, and uh, my friend Sheila, our friend Sheila, said that a lot of women, the quizzes are not necessarily the way to go to get your true Enneagram number, because really what it entails is you kind of have to dig a little deeper and read about it, like a quiz will maybe point you in the right direction, but technically some self-assessment is required and i'm not good at that i do have i don't want to do that i don't either i want I have somebody two... just to tell me what i am <laughs> i have two books that a friend of mine loaned me nope i need to dig into them i've had them forever but i will say that i the test shows that i'm a two but again my friend sheila says a lot of women especially mothers show up as twos 
because twos are kind of the nurturers, which I don't actually fall into that category. I fall into like the twos need to be loved and liked and wanted and approved of. That's the two that I relate to. Yep. So tell me about the nine. Okay. So the the quiz I took, it gave me that nine was my like most biggest number or whatever. And then I was a one which okay. is the perfectionist, and then I was a two as well, which hmm. on this website was called The Giver. So anyway, I did a little bit of research. A nine, type nine, is, I'm going to read you a list and tell me if you think this sounds like me or not, okay? Mm-hmm. Balanced, avoids conflict, people pleaser, goes with the flow, retreats under stress. Oh, mostly Yes. <laughs> Mostly. What's not? I go, think go ahead. Like the the balance part, would you claim that we've got that under control? Uh no, you're right. <laughs> I mean outwardly, I think you project this is hard because <laughs> Yeah, you inwardly know, I'm a hot mess. This is true. <laughs> well, aren't we all? I'm just saying I don't think you would be like, uh, my life is in perfect balance. No. And I would also say a lot of this is how we present to the world. And so when it's like avoids conflict, but then you and I are always like not in conflict, but right. in conflict with the world. <laughs> right, right, right. But outwardly, we're like, let's just go with the flow. I would say that's accurate. Um, someone in my Instagram comments pointed out that they feel that I may lean more towards a one. Now, you noted that a one is a perfectionist, but one of the descriptions I found is a moral perfectionist. So they have a strong sense of right and wrong. They really like following the rules. Does that sound like anybody you know? Yeah. Um, Idealistic, serious. You know, I'm not necessarily self-disciplined or oriented, but I do feel like I love a rule. I love, like, I feel like there is a routine and an order to things. No one is one thing all the time. So in certain moods, you know, you can tend towards other numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know your Enneagram number and you feel like your Enneagram number really speaks to you, send us an email and let us know. Uh, because I... I'm going to set a goal to dig into the books that I have and have a better understanding of my Enneagram number by next week. Well, can you, you heard research, it here first? Can you research mine as well? <laughs> it's self-assessment. Yeah. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> do you still want to know, though? I mean... Or do you not care that much? What I like are, like, the cute little Instagram drawings people, people uh, make for these numbers well, and... Uh, that's good enough for me. But yeah, okay, so I agree, but I want to be able to strongly identify with the drawings and the memes, and there's many, many, many Enneagram Instagram accounts, and I want to be like, oh yeah, that's absolutely me. But then sometimes many of them speak to me. Okay, but but why? What is it? Okay. I just want to feel known. And so when I see something, I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. Okay. It feels good to know that there are other people like me. Well, of course there's other people like you. Well, um, I know, but it's like, it. I, it's nice to feel like people get me, even 
internet strangers creating memes. Well, what I would like to know is because you and I are very kind of similar but opposite at the same time. And so mm-hmm. I would like to know how your number plays with my number, you oh, know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I'm interested in. And maybe like how my number plays with my husband's number and my daughter's number. So that's what I am interested in. I don't care about me. Yes, these things sound like me. I I do enough therapy to know that these are I know who I am, you know? Indeed. I feel like fired up about it. I'm sorry. I don't know why. <laughs> Speaking of fired up, uh-huh. a while back, I made a flippant comment in our Instagram stories about a former member of a boy band who is now <laughs> independently popular, and that is a Mr. Justin Timberlake. And many people wondered why I dislike JT, including... Our very own Wendy. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I mean, I don't think he's without fault. I'm just curious why you think he's a garbage human. Well, two reasons. Okay. One, he let Janet Jackson take the fall for oh, Nipplegate. Gracious. I Throwing mean, wait, she went down <laughs> and he did not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> do you think he knew she was going to do that? He let her take the fall. <laughs> He was like, he just, his star kept rising and Janet became this symbol of uh, poor taste. Okay. The other thing he does that I dislike, look, I didn't say I spend a lot of time thinking about this. I just say like, in my mind, I feel negatively about Justin Timberlake and here are my two reasons. The other is he has spoken negatively about his very famous ex-girlfriend, Britney Spears, over uh and over again. When Uh like, dude, move on. Like, he just, you know, they broke up. He's happily married uh-huh. with children. And, uh-huh. like, in the years since they broke, ha- has made many negative comments about her. And I feel like it's in poor taste. You're going to need to point me to these comments because I'm curious. One, I will. We will leave some links in our show notes. I, look, I feel for Britney Spears. I feel like I wish someone could save her from her own life. And his star has risen far beyond hers. He doesn't need to continue to punch down. Okay, fine. But, you know, she did cheat on him. Right. I understand that. But how many times does he need to bring that up is the Mm. question. I don't know. I mean, don't they make songs about each other? Like, haven't they in the past? I believe so. I know. Okay. Well, see, I thought you were referring to his uh, rumored infidelity Last summer, that adds to it. But that's what I thought you were referring to, because over the weekend, I watched his new movie. It's called Palmer. It's on Apple TV. And he plays this uh, former high school football stud who ends up going to prison. And the movie starts off with him getting out of prison 12 years later and returning to his hometown. So... He's trying to, like, put his life back together, and he, like, befriends this neighbor boy and blah, 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 whatever. It's not that good of a movie. <laughs> um, I didn't think so. My husband and I watched it. We just thought, me. Anyhow, so his co-star in this movie is the one that he was rumored to be. Well, not, I mean, there is photographic evidence of him, like, holding her hand or some crap like that. But um, And by the way, I that would send me over the edge. Like, that's not behavior... That I find appropriate when you are married. Just, yeah, just no, uh, agree, agree with that. 
first of all, I mean, Jessica Beale is one of like the most beautiful women to me. I'm not comparing like his co-star to Jessica Beale, but he is married to a gorgeous woman. And I'm not saying that you can't have two beautiful people be unhappy in a marriage, but that aside, yeah, just don't make poor decisions, dude. Be professional. You're working. You don't need right. to get handsy with somebody. So anyway, that's what I thought you were referring to as him being garbage. And that fuel to my fire. Yeah, I mean, he is human. We are all human, but like, <laughs> I still pull out like his first solo CD every once in a while because I enjoy it quite a bit. No, you know, I know you're an NKTOB fan, so you're not into Justin Timberlake. Oh, I was an NSYNC fan back in the day. I'm not saying he hasn't created good music, but that's not the bar for me. I mean, lots of people have talent and are trash. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> for you. Anyway, moving on off of JT. I know you have something to say. I do. Yeah, I need to confess something. (laughs) I am so obsessed with Lifesavers Hard Candy. (laughs) I know this is like so dumb and honestly like Let me backstory here, backstory here. When I was a child, my grandma used to always buy me those lifesaver books at Christmas time. You know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. Well, my daughter got one for Christmas this year, and I ate the entire thing (laughs) because I was like, (laughs) man, they're so damn good. And then I was like, well, I'm going to pick me up some more Lifesavers. You cannot find them anywhere. I was going to say, I spend a lot of time in the candy aisles, and I don't know that I've seen them. We buy wintergreen Lifesavers by the bag, but not the fruity ones. Wait, I have a note on those as well. Okay. So I looked everywhere, grocery stores, candy aisles, Target, like they just don't exist in the little rolls, Mm -hmm. you know, the little roll packs. Um, So I bought some off of Amazon. I swear to God, I got like a five pound bag (laughs) of like individually wrapped (laughs) lifesavers. And so my daughter's like, put them in a candy dish. I mean, I just wipe through those things every single day. And my husband's like, what is going on? He's like, you know, those are complete sugar. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, what's a what's a handful going to do to you, you know, but I don't suck on them. As soon as I put them in my mouth, I crunch them up with my teeth. So I'm Uh, sure uh I will break a tooth eating these things. Anyway, I'm, I just can't help it. I don't, it's weird. It's weird. It's like triggered some sort of like binge eating thing for me, which is dark and scary. But that aside, I want to um, talk to you about the minty ones. Please. I I did some research on these last night, and apparently those can be super addictive. Oh, I believe it because we buy them by the bag, the wintergreen individually wrapped ones. Mm -hmm. I keep them in the house and I keep them in the pantry where I keep all of our food. And when we have them, like every time I walk by the pantry, I like grab one, grab one, grab one, grab one. And so I'll eat like six or seven a day. Yeah, me too. Okay. And they kind of give me a stomachache after a little while. But I believe that they're addictive because it's not just like a one and done. Like I just keep grabbing them when we have them. We go through them pretty quickly. And sometimes when I keep them in the pantry, I'll like unwrap them. And this is <laughs> has been caught me. Like oh, I'll no. just tuck tuck the wrapper like back in the bag. So the bag is like full of empty wrappers rather than walking the 12 steps to the trash can. And he's like, this bag is 90% wrapper. <laughs> oh, my God. And I can't even blame the kids because they don't eat them. Anyway, speaking of obsessions, I have a new one also. So if you are a longtime Long Story Short fan, you might remember that Wendy and I used to do drugstore hauls. We were way into buying all the new makeup. We used to get all the makeup 
beauty bags like Ipsy and Birchbox. And in the last year, longer than that, but I definitely stopped the like major binge buying of makeup. But in the last year, I really like pared down my makeup. The only purchases I made were repurchases of products I already owned and needed to replace. Last week, I was spending a lot of time on YouTube because we were working on some things on our YouTube channel. So I just kept getting fed all of these suggestions. And then I started clicking on like best of 2020, new drugstore makeup, new foundation, new this, new that. And I found myself in bed one night just like watching video after video rather than watching TV. And then I found myself in Target waiting for a prescription. And I was like, hello, beauty aisles. And I just did like a sweep. I did not go bananas. I bought a reasonable, I bought like five or six things. But it was so fun to feed that obsession. And now I have like a new foundation to try. And I have a new eye primer that I really like and a new lip gloss that I like. I don't want to go fully back to the other end of the spectrum of buying Mm -hmm. like multiple colors of things. And I also think I was able to be really discerning. Like I don't need multiple eyeshadow palettes. I default to the same one every single time. I don't need 17,000 brown eyeshadow palettes. Uh So I'm trying to keep it like in check, but also enjoy some new fun things. And I am finding some things that I really like. So that obsession has been reawakened. That's funny that you say that because the other day I was randomly had a run into Home Goods for something. And I used to go to Home Goods a lot mm. pre-pandemic, like a lot. And I haven't been in there in like a year. And I was like, this feels so fun. Like there was like all these new things that I wanted to get. Like I got in line holding, no joke, probably 12 items. It was felt so good. Just because it felt normal, you know? Right. Yes. So I haven't been to a home goods in forever. I miss it. I need a new unnecessary coffee mug and like oh. some caramel corn, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and a candle and a pillow and a dog toy. <laughs> home goods BTW has the best dog toy selection out there Absolutely for the greatest agree. price. So if you yep. need some new dog toys, that is your go to. I. That's where I go to buy dog beds because they're the best prices there. Yes, they've got a great pet selection. Yeah, they do. All right. So swinging back the other direction from things that are fun to things that are uncomfortable. (laughs) You had an experience. Uh, I did. Okay. So this, okay. My, I was supposed to have a hair appointment this last week. And my, if you don't know, salons are back open here in Southern California with limited number of people, right? Limited capacity, if I understand mm-hmm. that correctly. Okay. So my hair lady calls me to remind me that I have an appointment. She calls the morning of and she's like, hey, I need to cancel our appointment. And I'm like, oh, no, here it comes, right? She has COVID. Oh. So, yeah. Did I tell you about this? No. Yeah. So she's like, she's had it for two weeks. She thought it was going to be 14 days that Tuesday. But it happened, it was only 12, so she didn't feel comfortable having people come into the salon, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's like, can I bump your appointment to Saturday? 
And that would have been like 16, 17 days. I said, okay, fine, no problem. So I typically go in like on a weekday when there's not that many people in there, but this is a Saturday I go in there and the place is bumping. And I instantly walked in and I was like, I'm uncomfortable. There's a million people in here. And while everybody had a mask on, I was wearing a mask as well. I couldn't help but feel like, how do I know that everybody is healthy in here? And it was most, I don't. And it's mostly, this is what I was saying. And I, so my main hair girl and her assistant both had COVID and um, her assistant is like doing something and we're doing something to my hair and we're talking and she's like, oh yeah, I didn't know if she told you that I had had it too. And I'm like, no, she didn't. So and then I just learned that. And then I've come to find out that their spouses also have it. So, and I don't know where they're at on the spectrum, right? Yeah. So I just, it made me, I wanted to crawl out of my skin and just get out of there like as quickly as possible. I, it was such a terrible experience. And I don't like feeling that way. I just don't yeah. like feeling that way. And it just made me like feel like, oh my God, I can't, not that I can't trust anybody, but like in that scenario, I just was like, I don't know who is healthy and who's not in this space. And I don't feel good about it. So, well, that's been, you know, how I felt all along. And my husband's like, my husband follows is as strict as I am simply because I am as strict as I am. I think he would be more willing to do things that are allowed. Like there's a lot of things that are allowed that I'm not comfortable with, which is most things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he would be more willing if I were more willing. And I'm like, no, we're not doing any of that. So (laughs) he's locked down. But he's like, all these people are, he's like, look around, everyone's fine. I'm like, yes, but they're fine until they're not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like maybe they're pre-symptomatic and he thinks I have gone off the deep end. That's the hard part is you just don't know. It's not... You just don't know until you know. You just brought up something that I want to ask you a question about. So your husband will default to whatever you say goes? Uh, I think that's a strong statement. Um, In life or in COVID? Okay, in COVID, because that's what we're talking about. So because I feel so strongly about keeping these COVID precautions, yes, also... You know, he talks a big game, but he's a teacher. And when he gets down to it, he's like, I have a responsibility to my students to be safe. Okay. (laughs) But in terms of life stuff, will he default to you? If you Um, say like, no, I don't want to do that, then he'll say, okay. Or is it like a bigger conversation than that? It's a bigger conversation than that. I know plenty of people who have partners that just go with whatever they say and... Uh That's not the case in our house. There's a discussion. (laughs) He feels strongly about something. Then there's a discussion and we have to find a conclusion, which is Mm -hmm. not always my choice. Yeah. Does your husband default to what you want? Oh, God, no. Guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to chat about pandemic parenting. This week's podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. We are both paying Home Chef subscribers, and Home Chef is one of my favorite ways to get dinner on the table without thinking about it. The ingredients show up on my front porch. I put them together. 
everybody eats. I even went as far as ordering one of their oven-ready meals this week as a gift to myself. (laughs) Yes, to just put it in the oven. Uh, Home Chef has a killer deal that they've extended through the month of February. You can get $90 off with code AFF90OFF. That is AFF90OFF. And the link will be in our profile. This week's podcast is also brought to you by Celestial Shell. First of all, we have a fun giveaway happening with one of our favorite items from her shop this week, so don't miss that on Instagram. Secondly, if you're looking for beautiful handmade fabric items, look no further than Celestial Shell, an Orange County-based small business selling items like fabric bins and book sleeves. Michelle will even take custom orders for things like table runners. Use code LSSFRIENDS15 for a discount when you check out. All right. So this week we wanted to talk about parenting and we wanted to be really real about how we feel we're doing parenting in a pandemic. And Wendy, Mm -hmm. in a few words, how do you think you're doing parenting in a pandemic? Um, I think I'm figuring it out as I go, to be truthfully. I don't have the right answers, I don't think. So if you're tuning in for advice, forget it. You're not getting it from me because I have no flippant idea what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm just, I have a teenager, I have a 13-year-old daughter, and I'm just trying to figure out how to parent a teen, let alone parenting a teen during a pandemic. Well, and that, I think, takes me to the next thing I wanted to discuss, which is, you know, the specific challenges. I also have a teen. I have a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old. And like Wendy said, we've got the issues faced with parenting a teen who who desperately wants independence. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have parenting in a pandemic layered on top of that. So my son is in eighth grade. Last year in seventh grade, we had started giving him little bits of independence. Like, yes, you can walk across the street and get a smoothie after school on Fridays with your friends. Little bits of like going and doing things on your own. And then all of that was you ripped away (laughs) in March I will be honest, my 13-year-old rarely sees friends. Most of his friends, I think it also has to do with, like, they're so into video games that that's their socialization. Uh Uh-huh. So I think a lot of parents are like, well, myself included, they can get this socialization online. Then we kind of feel like we don't have to make a super extra effort to figure out how to get them safe socialization. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, want to address that. I think Megan and I have like very different styles of parenting and very different, not very different, but different views on how to uh, navigate a pandemic. Would you say that's fair? Yes. Okay. So I don't disagree with you at all. I'm, I just want you to know that I'm listening to what you're saying. Um, I agree with you that I think that there is a social aspect that teens are getting via electronics. Like in your case, it's your son and he plays video games. Like, is that where they do Like they talk to each other? Like, I don't know anything about video games. Yes, so. they uh, like voice chat while they play video games. Okay, so it's almost like they're being, they're in the same room, right? So close. Okay, so my daughter... Um, She was spending a lot of time on social media, and we had to put the kibosh on that a little bit because it was just, like, out of control. And I was like, but if you are actually, like, 
conversing with somebody like on the telephone or FaceTiming, that's okay. But I don't just want you mindlessly scrolling, you know, TikTok or Instagram or whatever, because that I feel is like such a detriment to them during this time. Right. Um, Especially if they're seeing friend groups or other people looking like they're doing stuff. Maybe they're not. You know, that's the whole problem with social media is like you never know what's true out there. So that layer of parenting is difficult during this time as well. Well, you said, you know, figuring it out as you go along. And I will say in the beginning, we were very, very, very locked down. And now I would say we are just very, very locked down. Um, My kids had no face-to-face interaction with anybody for a long time. And then we have, my daughter has one friend um, that we have a standing Sunday afternoon. They live directly behind us. So we trade off backyards and they are masked and they keep their distance. I mean, we I set up their chairs far apart and they just hang out and they just hang out for a couple hours and they draw and they listen to music and they chat and it just kind of fills that need. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really, like, she looks forward to that. That really fills a need. She also does chat online with her friends. And I will say prior to the pandemic, my kids had no, like, we didn't allow any of that. They 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 don't have phones and my daughter didn't have, like, video chat or any ability to message her friends because she was nine and I was very strict about that sort of thing and immediately had to change that rule because I knew they needed access to their friends. So, you know, we changed the level of screen time we allowed and we changed the way we allowed them to communicate with their friends. And we've just kind of been, as it goes, finding ways to make it work. None of it is perfect. I don't think anybody is living in a perfect world right now. That's true. I I agree with that, too. So um, when I was thinking about this, I was just like struggling a little bit because I don't want to try to like compare like what I'm doing in my home and the decisions I make for my child and my family with the decisions that you're making with your family and what other people are making. I'm just doing the best I can do. And that is to make like thoughtful decisions based on the needs of my child and my family. And they don't agree with what everybody else is doing. It's just kind of a constant back and forth of balancing their needs and balancing your need to keep them safe and recognizing, especially with teenagers, we're really in that phase where teenagers are going to disagree with your decisions. They're going to think your decisions are unfair regardless, pandemic or not. They're going to bump on a decision that they disagree with. And I have to remind myself that like sometimes... I'm making a decision that is perfectly reasonable and perfectly within my rights as a parent to make. And my kid's not going to like it because that's his job as a 13-year-old. Like, his brain is not going to allow him to like that choice. And I just have to be okay with that sometimes. So do you ever, like, beat yourself up for it? Like, if he's unhappy with the decision you make, or did you doubt... Do you start to doubt that decision? I don't like it when my kids are unhappy. And even when in my brain I can say, like, this is the right decision for them... Sometimes I go, but would it really be so bad if I made a different choice? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I doubt it. And I don't like it when my kids are unhappy. But sometimes it's I've made the decision and now I have to stick with it because otherwise it sends the message that my voice has no weight. Mm, Interesting. I mean, I agree with you. Like, that's feels like parenting 101, but I'm terrible at doing that. (laughs) I am like the one who will totally go back on any decision I make. And that probably makes me an easy target. 
Well, and I think you can reserve the right to change your mind. And not saying every decision is set in stone, but I also try not to allow myself to be, you know, manipulated by tears or outbursts. If you want to have, I'm trying to teach them how to have conversations when they don't like something, right? Mm -hmm. Explain to me what it is that's going on. Yelling at me is not going to be effective. But how do we have a discussion with someone and make our point and then sometimes still not get your way? I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's the like... Thank you for coming to me. Thank you for speaking kindly. Thank you for laying out your points. My answer is still no. I mean, that's just going to be the way it is sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as much as we've loosened up our screen time rules, we also still feel like, hey, you need to get outside every once in a while. I need you to feel the sun on your face and breathe fresh air. You know, I know you don't think you need those things, but I know that I feel better As much as I'd love to spend all day on the couch doing nothing, watching movies, I know I feel better if I go outside for 20 minutes. Right. And I feel like if I force you to do that, you'll also get that endorphin boost that you don't think you need. So do you let your kids go outside? Yeah. Yes. I know. That sounds like a ridiculous (laughs) question. Just because, like, my neighbor next door, like, I don't, I haven't seen their two kids since last March. Like, literally. Like, not once. Maybe walking the dogs, but, like, that's it. Um. So I know there's like some families that don't let their kids go outside. I would have a hard time regulating that since I send my child to school. I couldn't be like, well, no, you can't hang out outside now. Circling back, you do let your kids go play. Do you let them go to the park or are they just allowed to like play? So there are a lot of kids in our neighborhood, but their friend groups aren't in our neighborhood. So while there are a lot of kids, they'll go out and ride scooters together like my son and daughter will go together and every once in a while they'll go outside if the neighborhood kids are there and ride scooters or bikes but i will admit if the group gets too big outside i'm kind of like i'll pull the plug but why well are they wearing are they wearing masks they are yes so fortunately our neighborhood is good about that the moms are all on the same page that the kids you know need to wear masks together outside we for a while did not let them socialize with the neighbors for a long time the neighborhood kids were socializing mask free before kind of universal mask wearing became a thing mm-hmm. and i was not cool with that and i the groups got really big and i didn't like it once everyone kind of tightened up their bubbles a little bit and everyone started wearing masks I became a little more open to letting them hang out with the neighborhood kids. Okay, so here's a question for you. I was thinking about this morning. Um, You say tightening up the bubble, their bubbles. I personally think, like, we're fooling ourselves to think that, like, people are totally abiding by the rules, like, outside of your uh, observation of them. You know what I mean? For sure. So then how, how can you trust that everyone is safe? So I don't kid myself that we have a bubble. We don't. We have our family. And then we just know that, first of all, we don't. My kids don't have any indoor interaction with anybody and they don't have any unmasked interaction with anybody Mm because that's the parent I am. So if they're going to see kids, it's outside and with masks on and with the expectation that they're, you know, keeping some sort of distance. So. I just know that, like, in my neighborhood, it used to be all the neighborhood kids and then, like, the groups that socialize have gotten smaller. So that's all I mean by bubble. I would be a terrible bubble partner because I would be like, what are you doing? What are you doing now? Who was that? Like, oh, I saw you on on Facebook with this person. I wouldn't probably say those things. I would be thinking them. So it's good that we never formed a bubble with anybody because 
you're right. It's impossible to control what other people are doing. But if your kids are masked and you, I'm not just saying your kids, if you guys are masked, do you still feel that that doesn't provide enough safety in terms of getting together? I think masks and outdoors go a long way, but I also don't think it's a perfect system. I mean, you know, my mom got COVID and didn't go anywhere and probably got it like at the doctor's office. Uh So, you know, for me, that's always the like, hey, she wasn't traveling. She wasn't going to restaurants. They weren't having people over. She was never around anybody without a mask and she still got it. Uh And I know that's one person, but I also feel like I think masks are great and I think they do a lot of good. And I also think nothing's perfect. So you, your kids go to hybrid school, right? They do. They started virtual and we sent them back with the worst timing ever in November. It was kind of bad timing. (laughs) Well, and so the way our district did it is they put out the call to like transfer weeks and weeks and weeks before the trimester was going to start because they needed time to make plans. Well, at that time, Orange County was fairly stable. Mm -hmm. And then everything blew up by the time they went back. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so they're inside classrooms at school wearing masks, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. So would you let your, you wouldn't let your, like, son or daughter, like, hang out with somebody, like, at their home after school um, if they wore masks together, even though they were at school all day together? Inside, no. No. Would you let your son at this point walk to go get a smoothie or whatever you mentioned earlier? Um, Masked? Well, he hasn't asked. <laughs> okay. I don't know the answer to that. He hasn't asked. And what's interesting is what saves us, <laughs> that's poor language because it's not really fair to him, but his cohort at school does not consist of his good friends. Okay. So his kids that he would hang out with in person are either still fully virtual or they're in a different not, cohort. And so yeah. I don't necessarily run up against that problem. Yeah. So it works for you and <laughs> yes. your family in it your does. favor that he doesn't does. want to hang out with anybody that he actually goes to school with. It does. <laughs> so my daughter goes to private school and she um, has been there. This is new for her. She has always attended public school until this year. Virtual school was not working out for her. So we made the decision to put her in public school where she could attend in person. Now, um, their particular school, they wear face shields. And I think that has posed a problem for them because she is now currently on two weeks of virtual school because three students came down with COVID. Mm -hmm. So um, now I think when she returns, they'll be back to wearing masks. I don't think face shields really work, but that was like the standard at the school. Um, I'm more comfortable if she wears like a regular face mask and now they have that choice. So I'm a little bit more comfortable sending her back to school that way. But um, in our family, I have allowed her to hang out with friends outside of school. I do let them come over. I mean, come at me if if you think I'm a terrible human, Megan. I'm ready for it. This is what I like that we're having this conversation because I think that like it's different from everybody. And what I try to do is I just try to look at risk versus reward. And sometimes I make wrong decisions and sometimes I make okay decisions. So... My answer that I want to tell everybody is that, like, I think that we should just do what's best for our particular families. And what I have 
learned is I can't control the actions of anybody else. So we make the decisions that our family is comfortable with, knowing that everyone else is doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. I don't envy any parent right now. There are too many decisions to have to make. It's hard to know the limits and what's right for your family and what's right for your kid and what your kid needs. And for me, some of the steps we take, would things be fine? Maybe. Is it worth the anxiety that I'll feel in the middle of it? Not necessarily always. Mm. Yeah, I hear that. There's so It's so hard to parent and then you're putting like a pandemic on top of that. <laughs> Is like crushing a little bit. And sometimes I just can't take the weight of that um, in terms of making like moral decisions about like what I'm doing, what are other people doing? It is too much for me. That's so heavy. That's just so heavy. I think that's the right word. It is. The way we behave now affects other people in a way that it never has. Right. So like, I don't know. Go ahead. Well, before my decisions were pretty insular. They would affect my children and my family and not potentially have a ripple effect on other people. So anyway. I think this brings us to a interesting transition away from the parenting decisions we make into another challenge that we face parenting in a pandemic. And that is balancing our own needs with uh -huh. our kids' needs. Uh-huh. And, you know, my kids do go to school part-time. However, there is never one day in my house where everyone goes to school. There's either one, two, or three people home every weekday. <laughs> well, one, two, or three additional people home. I feel like I am entitled to be home. I don't count. Finding time to do my own thing is very hard. Mm -hmm. And that has been a struggle carving out, you know, time to get from even like housework. I'm not even talking about like stuff I would want to do. Right. <laughs> Just like to have yes. uninterrupted time to do the things that I need to do uh -huh. is a big challenge. So we talked about independence earlier. I think mm -hmm. I'm just pushing more independence on my child, like so I can get other stuff done. Um that means if she needs to make a lunch, if she's hungry, then she needs to make her lunch. Um, she needs to put herself to bed now. Like, like you know, those kind of things. Like, if I need some time for myself for relaxation or if I need to walk the dog or run to the grocery store or whatever, I, I'm pushing her to be more independent in terms of, like, being on her own. You know, staying home alone while I go do that stuff. Not needing me for every single thing. Yes, we're trying that too. And, you know, again, I have a 13-year-old. And so we're recording this on a Monday. Monday is their school's independent day, which basically means they almost have no work. And yeah. so I had said, like, hey, I'm going to be recording. I need you to take the dog for a walk. But what also happens is our house, we've discussed this before, is a stupid open floor plan house, which <laughs> means, like, there are very few places to be alone. And what I hear all the time when someone walks into a room and I'm not there from every member of the household is, where's mommy? And I am not a person who functions well without alone time. I start to feel like I'm about to crawl out of my own skin. Mm -hmm. And it makes me unkind. That's been the hard thing is because we've tried to 
find the silver lining in all of this, right? If our kids are home, I've got a 13-year-old who would rather be anywhere but here, but here he is. And so when things reopen, he's going to be gone. He's going to be taking advantage of every bit of independence that he can. Jesus, he's going to be 16 and have a car and he's going to go, right? He's going to high school next year. He goes to high school in six months. I'm never going to see him again. So that being said, it's like, okay, we still hold to our family night Friday night, so we watch a movie. And last night, my husband and I were like, oh, we need to watch that movie. Let's watch a movie with the kids tomorrow night. Like, we're still trying to, like, have those moments of fun. We play a lot of games. But I, the hard part is, the thing that I dislike about myself the most is that I get so level of togetherness that I can handle is always, like, simmering right at the top because it it never gets emptied out. There's never that, like, you know, several hour break of quietness while they're at school or while they are at their activities or because they just it never happens anymore. And so that's the thing about me that I don't like is that I have a hard time giving them that piece that they need. Totally. It goes both ways. They need to give you the space, too. Don't you think so? <laughs> In our Facebook group, we asked a question, and my friend Jen left a comment that I thought was worth sharing. Most of the comments in Facebook were like, we don't have any idea we're failing. And I want to say that you're not failing, friends. You're not. No, and before you go on, I just want to say that, too. Like, there's been no example in modern times of, like, how to do this. So, like, you just got to, like be kind to yourself and give yourself a little grace. Like, we're just all figuring it out. Uh, I agree 100%. And what my friend Jen said is, there are days when our family's a hot mess. Some things that help me, it's okay to cuss, scream, and cry. We've all got to get the anger and feelings out after hanging out with the four of us for a year. She has teens also. She has a high school senior and an eighth grader. Let your kids see your emotions. It lets them see that it's okay to have feelings and how to work through the tough ones. And I think that's a great point, right? Like, I don't need to keep my moods level all the time. Of course, I don't want to be screaming at them all the time. But it's okay that they see that, like, I have a breaking point, too, that you cannot just keep, like, taking and taking and taking and taking and taking and I'm just going to keep taking it from you. Right. Because I am a human and I have expectations for how you'll treat me. And I also think, you know, setting boundaries for yourself is a good lesson for them to learn for themselves. I mean, yeah. Nobody needs us that much, right? (laughs) That's why I'm podcasting in the closet with the door shut for the next two hours. Everybody, leave me alone. Exactly. (laughs) It's going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine. (laughs) Like, that's what I keep telling myself. Even the extra screen time, the sleeping in bed till 1130, showers not taken for days. It will be fine. They will eventually change out of their pajamas. Yes. Yes. And even, like, I have read that article you sent me. It's an L.A. Times article by Kristen Howerton. New York Times. Sorry. A New York Times article. Um, And there was something in there that struck me. She mentioned how she was letting um, expectations on grades go. And I thought that was interesting. I haven't... I haven't... uh, I haven't let that go in our house, mostly because my daughter is attending school every day. But in terms of being a hybrid student, Megan, how do you are you still have the same grades expectations for your kids? Um, Not grades. I have the same. I have the expectation that they show up either virtually or in person and that they complete the work. 
and my kids have the resources to get it done. The grade thing, you know, I've talked to a lot of parents and the middle school grades are just kind of all over the place. And I am trying to let that go. If I'm seeing the work get done, if I'm seeing some effort put in the grade at this point, we're not dealing with college admissions. I have let go of that a little bit. Mm, Surprise. I can't let it go. You and me both. (laughs) I cannot let it go. All right, guys, we are going to take a deep breath and take a quick break. And we're going to transition to Megan and Wendy approved. As a quick reminder, you can get your own approved sticker on our website for just $2. Make sure to find the link in our show notes for that. And Wendy, what is your approved item? Yeah, I get to go first again this week. (laughs) I'm a giver. I'm excited. Okay, so uh, you mentioned earlier that we had our short little heat wave, our January heat wave in Southern California. Well, it's been really cold the last couple of days, and I have been snugging up with a blanket that I got for Christmas from um, World Market, and it's it's called Sackcloth and Ashes. It's... Um, it's just a nice, beautiful blanket. It's big. It has a good weight. It's warm. It's super well made. What is really nice about it is that with every purchase of the blanket, they donate a blanket to a homeless shelter. I've just been loving on this blanket the last couple of days on my couch watching crap TV. I love it. I love a good blanket. Is it it's still- so pretty. It's so pretty, too. I love it so much. love the design on it. I will share a picture in our show notes. Do they still have it online? Can you still they buy do. it? They do. It's still That's, available. That's yep. exciting. Yeah. Well, speaking of being cold, my item also goes right along with that because it has been cold here and my house gets so cold. Mm-hmm. And at night, sometimes I feel like I cannot warm up. So I've been taking a lot of baths and I have gone through all of the bath bombs and the bath soaks. And so I was looking for something new and I bought at Target the Dr. Teal's foaming bath with pure Epsom salt. So this is the liquid version, not the salt dissolving version. It comes in a pump? It comes in a a bottle that you pour. Oh, okay. And it's a bubble bath. I don't think regular Epsom salts foam bubble. I don't think they bubble. I think they just dissolve. I think they dissolve. Yeah. Yes. So this is a bubbling Epsom salt. And Uh I bought the eucalyptus and spearmint relax and relief version. They have a couple other. There's a lavender and a rose version. Anyway, I like the eucalyptus and spearmint. It makes my bathroom smell like a spa. Mm -hmm. It bubbles like crazy. The instructions say pour a generous amount under warm running water. And I would agree you want to use like more than a capful to get like good bubbles. My only complaint that I had kind of forgotten about when it comes to bubble baths is a for what's nice about these is the bubbles last a long time. They don't just immediately dissipate once you get in. But when you get out, you're all bubbly. Like you need to rinse off. You can't just get out and dry off. You like need to rinse after a bath. Okay. So jump in the shower. I know. But then I have to like, I like squeegee the shower wall. (laughs) (laughs) Too many steps. Too many steps. It's too many steps. Even though the shower's right there. So what I've been doing is like kind of like rinsing off underneath the bath taps, which is not ideal if you like a bubble bath. And it's like $4.99 for this giant bottle. Mm-hmm. Smells great. And I enjoy it. I have a big bag of those Epsom salts, the actual salts. Yes. They do smell wonderful. But I also, I asked about the pump because I have a big uh, 
like body wash of that. That's what I thought you were going to say that you were sharing, but it's a big body wash with a big, huge pump. Yeah, I like that brand a lot. (laughs) I do too. And it it leaves your skin nice and soft. Awesome. All right, friends, that's it for us this week. Do not miss our bonus podcast episode this Thursday where we will be discussing Snow Kissed, the final movie in the new year, new movie series from the Hallmark Channel for January. But thank God there's more coming. (laughs) (laughs) If you have a minute, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and a review as not only do we love to read them, but it helps our podcast get discovered in a sea of millions. Until next time, have a great week, friends. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) 